Good afternoon. It is June 18th, 2023. You're listening to a little column A, little column B, hosted by Will Limonos and co-hosted by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today, buddy? What is going on, Will? It is Sunday, and we have a blockbuster NBA trade on our hands. We joked last week that basketball season was over and that there'd be uh, basically not a lot of NBA talk from us, and we are right back in it. I can't believe how fast it happened. I can't believe the team that made the monster trade last year that everybody was like, oh, we'll see if this works out, just immediately made another trade without any hesitation. I mean, a year ago it was, oh, we're adding Kevin Durant to Chris Paul, and now the second that didn't work, it was, what are we going to do with Chris Paul? Well, it sounds like they may have found a solution quickly. We don't know this for sure. Do we know the details exactly? What What do we know? We got we have the, we have the framework. Uh, it's definitely happening. It's just a matter of how, how it shakes out. But uh, as of right now, we have Bradley Beal to Phoenix for a package uh, of Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, several second-round picks, and a pick swap. And picks swap. So I believe that will be multiple. And it's just Bradley Beal going over? Just Bradley Beal. Man, I... Bradley Beal, let's get honest about our opinion of Bradley Beal. Like, I feel like this is a great move for him career-wise. And this is a good situation for him where I feel like he can fit in a role that they actually may need. I think they could kind of need Chris Paul a little bit more, but they just need Chris Paul to be healthy, and I'm not sure that'll ever happen. So I understand the reasons for moving on from it, but this seems like they're getting another guy who's good at what you already kind of are good at, and I'm not sure if he gives you what you're missing. Is, is that is that fair to say? I think you got to be concerned when you're saying, hey, Chris Paul isn't available. All right, let's get Bradley Beal, who also is not always available. Possibly. I I just I don't think there's enough of a presence in the playoffs or enough of a history there that I'm like, yeah, just sign this guy. This is a perfect fit for all that. He's just been stuck on a bad team for so long. I don't think not only has he been stuck on a bad team, I don't think he's been really a good player in quite some time. Like, do you think he was a good player this year? I mean, he played 50 games. It's just he's on the Wizards, and the Wizards aren't good, and he's the best player on that team. So you say he's stuck on a bad team, but if he's this, you know, all-star, best guy, you know, good top of the league, it's kind of it's kind of on him to make the team good. Well, this will be a move for Phoenix that somehow they've pulled off the impossible. Is, is Chris Paul's trade value I'm just never? I'm surprised they are able to keep Aiton. Is Chris Paul's trade value just never going to drop? Ever like they were able to trade him for Westbrook. They're able to every situation where we have a guy we can't trade. There's no way we'll be able to do this. And Chris Paul is just the solution to everything. <laughs> every trade, <laughs> every trade in the NBA, they were like, that'll never happen. There's no way it'll happen. It's always involved. Chris Paul, even the one they, they, they came back on they, on the Lakers was involved. Chris Paul. It, it, it is pretty, pretty, pretty baffling. Uh, I, I don't know. Does he, does he even play for the Wizards? Well, let's flash back. This isn't the first time this has happened. Does he play for OKC? Yeah. <laughs> Is OKC suddenly like yeah. a lot better because of it? Yeah. Now, I don't say that, you know, they weren't on a trajectory to be where they're at. I, I still think OKC is in a rebuilding mode, but I, I think we started seeing some glimpses when Chris Paul was there. And I think a lot of those glimpses, you know, really shined through last year without him, last couple years without him. And if you're Washington, doesn't that sound kind of nice if we could just get in that direction? Uh, the babbling thing with Washington, and I understand if you're a Washington fan, you should probably be upset by this, and that is the fact that you have officially announced that you are tanking 
and you are tanking to try and get a good draft pick, and in those draft picks, you're hoping to get a player, say like Wembenyama, and yet, guess what? That guy was in this draft. You guys were garbage this year. You weren't competing for anything. What was the reason for waiting on all this when we all knew Wembenyama is coming out in this draft? Maybe we should do everything in our power to try and get him. Well, they, Bradley Beal, he's the first one to have right in his contract, uh, like as part of like the new CBA, uh, the no trade clause. So they weren't able to move him until he said, I want to be moved. You can't just play him less, rest him a little bit more. Maybe opt for an, an optional surgery a little bit or sooner. I just, I've seen teams find ways to lose games a lot better. And I'm not, this team definitely lost more games. It just feels like this, if this was with the direction we were going in, I would have tried to get there a little bit faster and tried to get in the Wembenyama sweepstakes. Because even if you didn't have the best odds, it's better than the odds they had this year. I, I just I would have I would have redone it. And if you're a Washington fan, it's like, OK, now we're in the sweepstakes and we don't even know what's on the other side yet. And you have no idea. And and maybe Webanyama doesn't become a sure thing. But I got a feeling he's going to be as close to a sure thing as we've ever had drafted. And I got a feeling that whatever we get next year, it will be nowhere near it. <laughs> and, and that's that's a tough place to be in if, if you're a Washington Wizards fan. Now, if you're Phoenix. Are, are we all right? We're good. Like, are we are we reloaded? Can we beat Can we beat Denver? Because because that's what we need to compete with. Does adding Bradley Beal help you beat Denver? I think it does. He, he's he's better than Chris Paul at at this point. He's ten years younger. What's he got? I just left? don't know. He's never he's he's never. I, I shouldn't say never because he he played with John Wall. They 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 lost to Kelly Olynyk having that crazy uh, game seven. But like that's kind of the, the the top, and I'm just wondering, are they going to run into the situation that the Nets ran into with Durant, Harden, and uh, Kyrie, where it's, yep, you got all these guys that can score, but you you need more than just that for for a basketball team. I mean, is anyone going to play defense on this team? I think uh, that's Aiton's job. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 sure he's excited about that. I I also love the idea that Phoenix is openly said this for pre- pretty much for the last like two years saying we're not very happy with Aiton. We wish Aiton was a little bit better. And now they've made two massive trades, neither of which they were able to include on it. And does that say that they really want to hold on to him or that no other team really wants him? Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, maybe that, that's the case. Is they're, they're putting him in all sorts of deals and the other team was like, eh, no thank you. That's a bad place to be in if you're him and if you're the team. Where we have made two major moves and we have openly announced that we're not really pleased with this. And yet we can't do anything about it and no one's willing to give us what we want. To the point where we're just going to hold on to you. We're going to talk trash about you. If we lose, we're going to blame this guy. Like, that's why I would want out if I was him at this point. Like, he, if he's just going to be the wet blanket that everyone just piles on. It's like, yeah, just blame it on Aiton. You know, we didn't play defense tonight. It must be Aiton's fault. Like, does it not feel like it's going to be that way to some degree? I am, you're not going to blame Durant. And usually for, for good reason, because usually it's not his fault. Well, I, I hope, I do hope Aiden just gets better because that really fixes everything. Like, does, if he, doesn't it just, if he just plays better, like we can, everyone can go at least so, happy with their investment to some degree. So, uh, I, I, I want to point this out. Uh, I'm looking at the Phoenix Sun salary for, for next year. How many guys do you think they have under salary? Four. 
you're you're not far off. Let, let me list them off here. We have uh, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. They just traded Chris Paul and Landry Shamit, so you can fill uh, Bradley Beal in there. And then they have Campaign and Ish Wainwright. They have a team option for him. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six. Six guys under contract, and that contract is already up to it's like one hundred and sixty-five thousand, like or one hundred and sixty-five million. So they're gonna go over the cap. That seems like a, that seems like it might be a problem because uh, you need more than six guys on a basketball team. So they're gonna have like no depth unless some other guys are really thinking this team with those three are serious contenders and are just, they're gonna take a discount to go ring chasing. Well, which recruiting pool do you want to dive into? Do you want to go in the J. Cole recruiting crew, or do you want to go maybe? Oh God, I was. Do you want to dig deep I into the D three Williams College out here, little little, uh, little New England area? Do you do you think how how deep do you have to go? Because Miami has managed to find these guys, and they're out there, and that seems like the only solution that Phoenix really has here. Either that, or you're you're just gonna find guys willing to not take money, and I don't think there's that many guys like that anymore. I. I texted you earlier today because it seemed that it was the uh, Phoenix and Miami that were the two front runners and the package that they were looking for from Miami, or at least what was getting floated out there was old Kyrie, Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, and then like some picks. And so you gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me that Pat Riley is going to pull this up and he's going to turn that into Bradley Beal. And I'm so glad that, that didn't happen. Send him out West, go, go deal with that. Deal with your 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 zero depth and uh, I, I I was I was really getting nervous. E- either way, the the trade value that Washington got back in comparison to the trade value they could have got for Bradley Beal the last five years, this isn't good. I mean, I know you're not in a situation where you need to get like you needed to get something better than this, though. I think you needed to get something that's a little bit more building towards the future, or at least a little bit more of a sure piece. I think they uh, they they had no leverage because Beal demands the trade. He has the no trade clause, so he can. It's not a all right. You demand a trade, all right. We got a trade. Like you're gone. It's he has to approve it, so he can look and go. Ah, no, I don't want it. Like uh, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't. I maybe wants to play with Aiden or something like that. Of like, oh no, no. If you're gonna do that, I, I don't want to do that. So like they, they have no leverage. It's like all right, well. I guess I guess we'll take this because he's not going to play. They they're their hand they're hand handcuffed. Or or you just don't play him, just keep him. Just, just keep him. The team wasn't good with him. Uh, that's uh, that's that's not going to be a good look. And he's under contract for uh, three more three more years with a player option. So I I think uh, I don't think that's a good idea. I agree it's a contract they would probably be waiving in a year or two anyways. The, the situation where they're like, we can't do this. We don't want to do this. We just get out of this. So that's basically what's happening here. No, there's no way. When was the last time a guy in his prime got waived or you bought out? Uh, what, Westbrook? <laughs> what I that? don't know. What was that, I twice in the last three years? <laughs> no, he, he, he only got bought out this last time. The other times he got traded. Uh, Kevin Love. <laughs> Kevin Love's not in his prime. He's way past his prime. <laughs> I, you know what? Cleveland probably didn't know that. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we'll have more information on this going forward. I'm not entirely sure of our podcast schedule. I know this week 
there's no sports really to talk about, so we decided to do something a little different. And I know the following week we are going to be out of town, and maybe we'll have a solo pod or me and someone else. I doubt we'll, we'll do something, but maybe there'll be something. But for this podcast, due to the lack of sports, Zach and I decided to time travel a little bit and discuss kind of a forgotten season, yet there's a very memorable part of the ending that I wish we could forget, but it's from the 2007 NFL season. It is the New England Patriots versus the New York Giants, Week 17. I rewatched the game. I told Zach to rewatch the game. And we're just going to give our thoughts and opinions about a game as if it happened last night. All right, it is Sunday, right? It might as well. And boy, is there some names in this. Boy, are there some stakes going on here. As you remember, in 2007, it notoriously ends with the Patriots playing the Giants in the Super Bowl with some heroics and some misfortunes and and overall a ended perfect season. But we didn't know all that at the point in Week 17, so we're going to try and act like this actually mattered and this is just a team that maybe makes the Super Bowl and it maybe is on pace to play in the Super Bowl. What I didn't think is that this would be the team we would be playing in the Super Bowl. Just to set the table a little bit, so the Patriots are 15-0. and This is the last game of the year. They have a chance to be the first team to go 16-0. and They need six points for the most points in the season. Tom Brady needs two touchdown passes for the most touchdown passes in the season and Moss needs two TD receptions for the most receptions in a season wow what uh what a season I mean what what are your thoughts about remembering all of this I mean this is where we're at right now it's we're about to hopefully go 16-0 we're playing the Giants who actually do have a lot to kind of play for here I'll get a little bit more into those stakes but just from a New England standpoint we're 15-0 we're, we're going into this week what do you remember about this season I remember I was, I, was, I was 17, 17 at the time, so getting a senior year in, in high school. So I had been around for the Super Bowls before, but now I was getting a little more where, you know, watching the games, understanding the games. You're not, you know, just, just 10 years old and, you know, able to stay up for the, you know, for the Super Bowl. It wasn't like halftime. You had to go, you know, go to bed early. And and in my personal life, the, the the personal sports did did not go well. I uh, I was I was looking it up. I, I remember from football, we only won one game that year, so that was rough. And then for basketball, uh, up to this game, we had not won a game. We were oh one two three four. We were oh and five. We literally lost a game on this day earlier. We played an afternoon game, lost that, and so. The, the, the Patriots run was just the, the, the bright spot. It's like, well, football team's doing well. And if you remember, this is the first year of the big three in Boston. So professional-wise, was doing doing pretty well. And I remember coming into the this Giants game, the Giants were 10-5. Uh, and five. So they, they were decent. But, I mean, we were, we were a juggernaut. And it was like, we, we're, we're going we're gonna to steamroll these guys. Because part of it, too, and they, they mentioned it a bunch on the, on the broadcast, is we obviously – you know, undefeated, we obviously have the number one seed locked up, probably had for a few weeks. The Giants couldn't have changed their uh, their, their, their standings with this, uh, you know, their, their seeding. So there, there was a lot of talk of, like, if, if teams were even going to play. But, boy, boy, did all the teams play. And it was not some of the starters, some of some of not. But I was going to ask you, do you think in this era, like this year, if a team was, well, now, you know, now there's another game. So say they were – 16-0 going into the last week of the season, would they play their guys or would they rest them and just hope for the best? Meaningless game. I want to say they would they would go for it and that they would go for the record. 
I'm not sure a team would ever want to go 16 and 0 or 17 and 0. I'm not sure it's something you recommend, but it's kind of something that just happens. And when you're in that situation, I think you just let it happen. I totally understand benching your guys and preparing for the games that actually matter. I give both of the teams in this 2007 game so much credit for caring about like this is the most cared about game that didn't matter that I've ever seen teams play for. Like it didn't, there was nothing here. Like you said, this this didn't matter. Other than going undefeated, which, sure, a record you, ha- you really never have a chance to make and you certainly want to do it, but does it really matter? Like, does it, it doesn't mean you win the Super Bowl. It, it, it means you go down in history for all that, but it's it's not like it surpasses winning a Super Bowl. I, well, I, I, I don't all the way agree with that because somebody wins the Super Bowl every year. That always happens. There's a Super Bowl champion. There's not undefeated season, you know, undefeated even just regular seasons. It does not come across, come along very often. That is a little that, that is more rare than winning a Super Bowl. Do you hear this team mentioned as if a juggernaut anymore though? Like I feel like because of the way it was ended, it's tarnished oh, unfairly. Sure. Like completely uh, and it's totally unfair. Oh, you don't even want to think about the season cuz the, the Super Bowl was just just the way it went down was just so awful. Well, I've heard other comments about, well, the Patriots went 16-0. and How good was the league that year? And I actually wrote down a couple division finishes here just, just to give you a little taste right now. So in the in the AFC East, where New England inevitably, without spoilers here, goes 16-0. and I, I hope you've seen this episode by now. Sorry. You know, just <laughs> Buffalo finishes second at 7-9. and The New York Jets finish third at 4-12. and and Miami finishes last at 1-15. Now, 1-15 is clearly going to finish last in the league. It was by far the last. They were the only team other than the Rams to not get at least four wins across the entire league. So the Rams went 3-13. and Miami goes 1-15. Every other team in the league won at least four games that year. Like, all right, so there wasn't so many at the bottom of the pack. It wasn't super top-heavy either, though, because in the NFC East, where the Giants were at, Dallas finishes first at 13-3. and the Giants finished second at ten and six. Washington at nine and seven. Philly at eight and eight. All four teams over five hundred. It's a pretty tight division. I don't think this game mm-hmm. inevitably mattered, but you know, if, I think if you're going out there saying like the Patriots were sixteen and zero, none of these other teams were good. Like there must be some super bad team. And I'm telling you, there was only two. Like the Patriots still beat some good teams. Now you would think, oh, maybe that's just a fluke year. A- NFC East, you know, a bunch of teams over five hundred. It happened twice this year. The AFC South, every team over 500 as well. Indianapolis with Peyton Manning, 13 and three. Jacksonville, 11 and five. Tennessee, 10 and six. Houston, eight and eight. I, I'm just saying, like this isn't just like we went 16 and 0 against a bunch of garbage here. Like there, there was at least some talent out there, and, and I do think the the Giants specifically, who couldn't even win their division, was a really talented team, and we saw it in this game, and we unfortunately saw it again in the Super Bowl. So, I think this is a hell of a record, like you said. It, it is somewhat forgotten to some degree i mean is there any memory beyond you know this year other than like i just feel like randy moss highlights are the ones that always just stick to me like (laughs) i don't remember ever having patriot highlights quite like that like there's edelman and there's welker and then there's like our shane vereen kind of side running back catching guys but to have a go guy like randy moss i don't remember any other patriot highlights quite like that like can you think of another one uh, not not player specific or Gronkowski, yeah. For for a player, Rob was like a specific, just like he got the ball and in his like absolute prime, where like 
guy would have his legs wrapped up and then all, all of a sudden it's like his legs weren't wrapped up and he ran over two more guys and got 10 more yards. But from that season, it was the uh, snow game versus the Tennessee Titans where it was almost like for us, it was a sunny day. And for the Titans, it was snowy and slippery. And I don't know how we did it, but we just, like, I think we won, I don't know if we shut them out, but it was 50-something to three or 50-something to, to, to nothing. It was just uh, right from the beat, you just, you just destroyed them. Well, Gronkowski must must see TV. One one of one. <laughs> Imagine adding that guy to this because I'm watching Ben Watson out here trying to do his best Gronk impressions on these cross routes, and he's just a different player. Like that guy would be, I think, nothing but a blocker in today's day. And the size of a lot of the players just it, the whole the whole game plays differently than what anything I've watched recently. Like, did you, did you notice anything like immediately that was different other than the four by three ratio, of which was the only the only way I could watch the game on YouTube, it was still the box screen. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't the 16 yeah. by nine uh, landscape. One, one of the rules uh, that stuck out to me was you're, you're still able to do the wedge on, on kick returns. So that's been, been eliminated as well as one of the formatting of the, of the broadcast that I noticed that they've uh, th- thankfully got, gotten rid of where it was commercial kickoff, immediate commercial again then to the play where they got rid of that second one most of the time. So it's not just like, what, what are we doing here? This is taking forever. So that was nice. Uh, one of the things that I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I, I am, you know, maybe 85, 90% that we watch this game together at, uh, at, at the barn at, at your place. Oh, you think? Oh yeah. I mean, it I guess was, it makes cause sense. This, Cause this was a, this was a prime time Saturday night game. So, Sunday would have been less likely, but with it Saturday, I mean, we were hanging out all the time, and definitely the Patriots were playing. We would have had it on on one of the multiple TVs. So, like I said, I I, am, I couldn't put a hundred percent on it, but like I have like a like a vague memory, and we definitely watched a lot of sports there, so I can kind of be like messing things up. But when I, you know, based on my memory of some of the other things that when I was able to go uh, go up and, and, and look, it's like ah, no, I've been pretty pretty uh, right about about these things. Do you really want to dive back in 07? Do you want to you want to give more stories? Do you, do you think that listeners really want to hear about our lives in 07? Uh, I think it should be known that I was in uh, three fantasy traditional fantasy football leagues. I was in a pro football pick'em. I was in a college football pick'em. I was in salary cap football, and I was in survival football. And what I also remember from that time was. I was in a personal finance class that I was finally out of doing uh, doing French, which I struggled with. To this, where you know the the, the math, I like I, I knew it, and so I was able to you know get an A in the class. But that was definitely where I would check my fantasy football teams. I <laughs> I didn't watch nearly as much football as I do as I do now, and so sometimes like I didn't even know what happened. I you know I didn't even check at home on Sundays the way like once you know you got to college, it was like oh. Yeah, this is way more fun. I remember I didn't understand the, the the live drafting portion and how, like, that is one of the most fun things. It was just like, oh, I don't know if I can figure that out or, you, you know, I don't know how to like, get, get the times or how am I going to meet with these people. So it, it was all auto-drafts, which is looking back is just, just so silly. Uh, would you like to hear the names of some of the teams and maybe some of the, some of the players that I had? On your fantasy team, yes. All right, let's, let's hear them. All right, all right. So my my three my three team names were the Wild Wilsons, the Crazy Cats, <laughs> Crazy and Cats, both with a K, and uh, the the Backbreakers. 
I was real big on alliteration. All of them all have alliteration. I think I still tend to trend that way. So I did not do well. I took ninth, fourth, and eighth. So we'll take a look at the best team where I took fourth and see uh, who the who the top top sort of people were. And this, and if I remember correctly, this would have been before you even started playing fantasy, right? I was not playing fantasy at this point. At this point, I am a sophomore in high school. I, what, are we still in the fall here? Are we in basketball? We're in basketball time? We, I this even... was, yeah, yeah, because yeah, this, this was December 29th. All right, sophomore year of cross country was the first year that I was on a team that actually lost a race. And I had started in middle school. We hadn't <laughs> lost a race until then. And I was a pretty big factor, I would say, from freshman year and a little bit of the sophomore year. I, it was like the, the, the finally they gave me some responsibility and we blew it. All right. <laughs> I'm not taking all the blame, but, <laughs> but it might have been a little bit on me. Uh, looking back on that, though, the upside of the basketball season that year where the year before I was a swing at freshman, and this year I believe I was on varsity. And that was different uh, because I wasn't playing a whole lot early on. I wasn't used to that. I had always played a whole lot, and that was a big, big adjustment. First of all, I never I never come off the bench like that. never come off cold. I remember one time... <laughs> I remember one time Meehan called me. He said, you know, come in, go in. And I was like, all right. So, like, I, like, walked over there. And he's like, what, do you want to go in the game? Go back over there. I didn't, like, walk over there fast enough. It's like, I, <laughs> like I, I, didn't, I didn't know. Like, I, I, I didn't know I was in the game now. I figured it'd save some it's, juice it's, for, it's for so, in the in the game. You know, I didn't want to. Yeah, I, it's, it's, a, it's such a funny, like, uh, like tough guy coach thing. Like, you know, you got to always, always be hustling. Because, like, most of the time, it's like you have to go over to the table to be subbed into a basketball game. Unless it's like free throws where like sometimes it can be like, Hey, you got to go right now. And it's rushed. Most of the time you go over and then you have to like take one knee and you could be waiting there for, for minutes before so you actually go in. So like the, the hustle, like it really doesn't like it, it, it does, doesn't impact anything. Well, the good news is, is I, I eventually did start and we eventually did start winning and we did have some success and I, I didn't really have to come off the bench again after the mid season. And, Luckily, I didn't. I didn't really ever have to come off the bench again at all, like like ever. So <laughs> that was that was uh, both, problem solved. <laughs> well, it was it was a problem. I'll tell you what. I would have came off the bench to play with that team the rest of my high school career because once those guys all graduated and then there wasn't anyone to come off the bench for me, I would have gladly come off the bench to be a better team <laughs> and have way more success because the next two years were just a struggle of not having nearly the amount of depth. I mean, this was the the weakness of of this Mount Greylocks High School, at least regionally out here. We had the advantage of having middle school kids qualify and be eligible to join and play varsity sports, which if you could ever get a good one, which I, I think in I eighth grade, my freshman year, if you can get a good young person like that, that's that's going to put you over the top because everyone else doesn't have the amount of depth. I mean, and none of the other schools really did either. You know, it's just if you had good young guys, you had a huge advantage. And that was the only mm-hmm. way Greylock was going to have any success at all. So I, I will say I was happy to be the good young generation, but the second I became the old generation – that was it. Like it was over. <laughs> there was there was wasn't really anyone following us. But that's that's more or less the recap of of my 07. It's it's far less exciting. There is no drama. There is no stories. I'm as boring as you could imagine. I mean, I'm a cross country runner that's just getting some juice on on playing basketball, and and that that's it. <laughs> I, I had some I had some friends over a whole lot. 
we did absolutely nothing but watch sports and movies. There was no hijinks. There was no drugs. There was no mishaps. There was nothing. <laughs> very, very little women. I, very little girls. I don't know. High schoolers are still women. I, I think. I think by this point, we we had uh, had at least uh, three or four TVs. We were we were I able. Think, I think we had thrown up the posters. We had the. Uh, I think we had the the the, the putting green by this point. And well, eventually it just became a, a guy's place where if a guy just found something that they would want in their, you know, their man cave, they just brought it there. And it just became everyone's, you know, mutual man cave, which quickly piled up to a whole bunch of junk beyond just, you know, a whole bunch of TVs. The TVs were great. I, 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 I give us credit for not only being able to steal cable from someone else, but be able to split it through four TVs is something I don't think you could do these days. You know, it's Good good luck sharing four passwords, all right? I don't think Netflix even lets me log in that many. I don't, I don't think we could even do what we were doing then today. So credit to us. Never never a day unentertained. And that was life in 07. I don't want to go back here, to let it. Me read, here, let me read off some of the uh, the, the highlights of my, uh, of, of my fantasy team. All right, what do you got? I had Tony Romo starting quarterback, Greg Jennings, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, Antonio Gates. I had Brett Favre as a backup, and how you know that I really didn't know what I was doing in fantasy football, I had two defenses. I had New England, and I had Denver. You're doing great. Yeah, doing great. Uh, the other thing that I want to point out is for the Blastin' Blockers, which was my pro football pick em, I was in the top 10% of the uh, of the country. So, you know I've been doing this a long time. You know, you didn't. You might not have realized that when you decided to uh, to bet me before for last season. I just want to get as much fantasy advice as I can get from 07, Zach, because 2023, Zach, just tells me to draft Christian McCaffrey every year. I'm like, what? Whoa! What was your? It, whoa! That that was last year and the year before. This is 2023. I haven't given out any fantasy advice yet. You don't even know what it's going to be this year. Well, are we going to get anything else other than that? Can you tell me what it was uh, in 07? Can you give me some strategy? Like, why don't you want to have two defenses? What's wrong with that? Like, Dude, what, what, what if one team's on a bye that week and you need another one? You're just supposed to drop them? Like, why would you never want two defenses? You just, you just pick one off, one off of, of the waivers. Oh, oh! so there, there's value in having something on your roster and that the, another player way, could give you so much you're more. You're way better off. You're way better off using it on a position player and hoping that that works out for you and increasing your depth. Because why? Even the best defense in the world guess what isn't gonna have as much as that one wild guy that you just picked off off waivers in another position can actually have higher higher ceiling mm-hmm. see see that's the fancy advice we need to give and you never give it you know it and you kind of just you don't share it with anybody everybody, everybody knows that now i'm not sure everyone does that's like a one-on-one thing, you know. Actually, that's, you want to you know, know you want to know what everyone does know. They know that Christian McCaffrey, the number one ranked fantasy player, should go number one. That's what they know, and you tell them that. So don't say they know this when they know that, and that's the only thing you give them. All right, Will. Okay, you have the number one pick this year. Are you picking Christian McCaffrey? I don't want the number one pick. I'm trading out. Oh, don't, don't do this see? to me. <laughs> don't do- see? Oh, all of a sudden, yo, oh, this this, this advice is boring. Ah, this, this, and that. But then you're not even taking my uh, quote easy advice. Don't overthink it. All right, so I'm just gonna ask you. You no longer ever have the number one pick. You're always starting at like the sixth pick. That's the only way we're gonna get advice out of you. Then it's just I'm at the sixth pick. What do I get? And if your advice is just hope that Christian McCaffrey's there, I, I swear we're we're just gonna end the <laughs> podcast for a couple more weeks. 
<laughs> you're gonna be you're gonna be in sabbatical. You're gonna smash everything. You're just gonna smash everything. I'm just all gonna, the equipment. I'm not even gonna smash it. I'm gonna sell it. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be like, look, I have the money now. This this is this is it. It's the podcast yeah. is gone, but I have the stack of cash just lying around in the room now. It's just it's just here. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see. All right, let's get into this game. All right, into the game. Couple differences, as you said, not only the screen ratio and all that, but one of the main things I noticed it was not only guys are playing hard, there's a ton of hard hits, and there's a ton of late hits in this game, like nonstop. Guys on the sideline just getting mauled regularly. I think there was one little scuffle that was probably called, and I think they only got the retaliation on one of the flags, too. It wasn't even like the mm-hmm. egregious late hit. It was the guy that was like, yo, you just drilled me. I'm out of bounds, and I hit you back, and now I get flagged. Uh, that was one of the main differences. I did want to say one of the storylines right off Wilford, the bat. Wilford went to poke, poke a guy in the eye. Super aggressive game. I loved it. I, I don't think that guys play this hard anymore, and I can't believe they played this hard in more or less a meaningless game of Week 17 here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it wasn't for the undefeated part of it, it I there, there was no there was no reason to play this hard. All right. A couple of highlights of the game. Coming in, Plexigo Burris, <laughs> notoriously known for a whole bunch else, gun violence and... I, I- I, th- I thought that was funny that it was like, oh yeah, that's right. This is what, like this is when Plexico, Plexico Burris was known as like pretty good football wide receiver. Not hey, he's the idiot that shot himself in the leg in a nightclub. Oh man, what a what a reputation there. However, the reputation coming in is is he's still pretty good and he's supposed to be injured. I think this is one of those first games back. I think I heard early on in the broadcast and like play three, they just throw a huge bomb to him and it's like okay, oh, I think he's bomb. healthy. I think he's healthy. I think he's all right. Like, let's just test that out immediately. And and I wish yeah, they Yeah, I, I had that. It was like, what a bomb to Plexico. Just, he goes up and it just, like, I feel like that kind of set the tone for the game a little bit where it's like, hey, we're not just, you know, running into you know, little little plays here and there. It's like, Eli's like, we're, we're going to take some shots. Give them credit. I mean, let's just punch the defense. I mean, if you're going against this 16-0 and or 15-0 and team, who's had this dominant offense is punch him in the mouth, make him put up some points. And I, I give the giants a ton of credit because they put the pressure on new England, like right off the bat, they came out focused. I, I thought that this team was they, just in attack mode. They, yeah, they marched right down the field and definitely with you know, Brady, Randy Moss, we set the points record uh, that year. Always think of them more as a, the offensive team, but as they were going through and they were listing off, you know, naming the defensive players, it's like, Oh, that's right. And then one of the things was, uh, that when they scored on the on the opening drive, that was the first time that the Patriots had given up a TD on an opening drive the whole season, and this was the last regular season game of the year. So it's like, oh, that's right. Like the, the defense it was no slouch themselves. I think it was the first time we were down at half. I think it was the first time they were down double digits the whole season. A lot of oh, lot of wow. a lot of first time stuff in the last game of the year, which is something that you could easily happen in the first play of your NFL season, week one. You could be down 10 points in the first half, and it's like, oh, these guys went an entire season without doing that once. And even the game that it did happen in, they won anyways. So, I think I think it said that uh, we had scored on eight opening, eight opening drives, and it was maybe, I think maybe it was three field goals, and then I think in this game, on the first possession, we scored on a field goal. So then you look at it, it's like, so half the time we just scored on our first possession. Just like, all right, we got the ball. Uh, yeah, here we go. It's like, uh, did, did this year did the Patriots score on any of the first possessions? 
I actually one other difference. Let alone a touchdown. One other difference I did catch on that, that kind of leads off of that was the Patriots went for it on fourth down, and I heard the broadcast being like, "Well, Belichick's done this all year," and I'm like, "Yeah, if I had this offense, I wouldn't need a damn punter yeah, either." Like, I'll like you're talking about odds. This team half the time gets a damn touchdown. Let's just run it. Like, even if we don't get it, the odds are we'll have we'll get the ball back again, and maybe we'll get a touchdown that time. Like, just we're just gonna go for it, and it's weird seeing today's day and age where it's almost encouraged to go on fourth down and that's exactly how the Patriots are playing where you have the confidence in your offense and if you got that kind of offense you you, you roll with it because you maybe not don't have that type of defense and even this Patriots team didn't have that great of a special teams we, we can get into that later the the, the, the Belichick hair pulling the, the thing that aged him was, was the special teams of this game and they, they get we, we we score we we have this great comeback and then they immediately run the kickoff back. I, I just oh that was a uh, that that was a big difference was no group celebrations and this wasn't even an intentional. Where now it's choreographed and they know ahead of time what they're going to do and definitely on an interception it doesn't have to be a score. You know the guys all run to the other end and get the picture taken. Randy Moss was just dancing like nothing even too crazy, but because a couple of other guys came over and also danced with them because like hey score a touchdown this is awesome was a penalty and then put us in the position that we were kicking off from, you know, our own 15. And, you know, not only were they able to get good field position, they just ran it all the way back. Well, kind of fast forward, I guess, to the second half here where. Oh, hold on. I want to talk about the, uh, one of the worst challenges I've ever seen. I did write down bad challenge on here. I was going to let Coughlin get away with it. All right. He, he seems to be doing all right. He, he won his Super Bowl. It was awful. Let him be in peace, man. I don't know who told him to throw it. I'm not sure what they Thought they saw either. Like, that's the other head-scratching part about it. Just a bad challenge. The only thing I could think of, so is they, they throw it. It's a, I believe it was Brandon Jacobs. He catches it, and then as he's going to the ground, he bobbles it as he lands on it, and then he's sliding out of bounds, and then as he slides out of bounds, the ball just flies out. And so I was making sure to listen to the announcers because I know over the years, the what is a catch has kind of fluctuated. But the way Collinsworth explains it is when you are going down, you know, if you're falling on your own accord, you have to hold it through the entire process of the catch. And the, the ball is squirted out. Even that little bobble where it's like, oh, okay, maybe. So it seemed pretty pretty clear as well as it's five minutes in. It was, I think it was less than five minutes into the game, and it wasn't a huge play. It was just – it didn't check off any of the boxes. It's like, oh, this is a 50-yard bomb and – you know, it really could have, you know, really helped you out. It was like, all right. Yeah, yeah. so, oh, just all-time worst challenge. He was really I, – I almost wonder if he, like, didn't understand the rule and was just going to say, like, well, there's a freeze frame of him. He has control of it, and he's inbounds. That means it's good. And it's like, no, that's – that might have been how that's at some point in time works. it was ruled that way, and I'm not even ruling out that it's not ruled that way today because who knows what a catch is anymore at all. But it just – it clearly wasn't the way it is ruled, and it's not the way it should have been ruled, and it's a questionable challenge for sure. And and from a guy who goes on to have like a lot of good decisions throughout the playoffs, really soon, like the next week, they're in it. They're they're a wild card, and he he's great. They go on they go on to beat the Patriots. So it's it is strange seeing a bad challenge like that happen in that situation. I I just it had to be a miscommunication where somebody was like, should I challenge it? And he was like, no. He was like, yes. It's like no, it's like oh, you said yes, right? Throw it. Too late. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that that's that's for sure a first half reference. Anything else from the first half? I mean, we we're down, so the Giants uh, the Giants kind of kick our ass in the first half. 
Yeah, I mean, they, they, they jump on us. Uh, I thought that we didn't really get much pressure on, on Eli. He was just kind of able to do whatever he wanted to do. Uh, Brandon Jacobs, I'd kind of forgotten, just he was just a punishing runner. Or just when, he, when he's going, it's just like, oof, that, that, that wears you out. Uh, as well as this one just isn't necessarily just for, for the first half, but uh, this works both for 2007 and for, for present. It's just football's awesome. We're, we're still too far away to really start thinking about this year and just, you know, it's, it's only June, but just watching a game and knowing, like, you're not watching the highlights. Like, no, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to get like a notepad out. Like, I'm going to take notes. Like, I'm really focused on, on this game as the Patriots. And I remember this game happened. I knew we won, but I don't really remember any of the details of it. So it's like basically – you know, a fresh game, but you know there's going to be a good outcome. And you're like, oh, man, it's just love football. This was a good football game, though. Like, I, I know we, we handpicked yeah. a Patriots win. I said, I, let's go do one. Let's do a win. But I wanted to do a game that was kind of forgotten on a season where the regular season, as awesome it was, is completely forgotten. Completely forgotten. I don't hear anyone ever referencing this. You know, I don't I don't hear this talked about, like, the 98 Bulls or anything. You know, it's... And I'm not saying it, it should be. I mean, I'm sure there's other teams that are really successful and really good, but this team won every game in the regular season. Like, I, I just – I wanted to bring it up. really good. There, there, there was a lot of games, especially early on, that we were blowing teams out. I, I think that's why the, the season's almost forgotten, though, where the, like there weren't really any good games. I mean, we just talked about how this is the first time they were down at half. I think it's the first time they were down double digits. This didn't happen throughout the regular season. Like, what are the other rewatches there? I'm sure whatever Peyton matchups we had, Peyton was kind of must see TV versus Tom. So th- those were, I- I'm just Peyton. Peyton was awesome. I, I think th- there's some entertainment in all that. Maybe we'll do a-, a Peyton game next or something like that. And you, know, you want to talk some more Manning cast stuff rather than Eli? We'll do uh, Peyton. What about it? We'll, we'll uh, we can we can we can do a, we can do a Peyton game if you want. No, we'll we'll do the Manning cast of a Peyton game. Like you, you want to be Eli or you want to be oh. Peyton? Oh, we're talking about. I don't know. I don't watch. I don't watch that show. <laughs> All right, moving on to the second half. We're down. Big major things I noticed from the first half to the second half was you said Jacobs was pretty effective in the first, and I thought he started off pretty effective in the second, and then they kind of went away from him. They really fall in love with the pass. A couple of those bombs were almost traps where we set them up with these, and that they're trying to win by the just Eli chucking it all over. I thought his clock management was terrible. I thought the play calling was terrible. They should have ran the ball a whole lot more. I mean, they're acting like they're they're trying to run away from the Patriots when they're just winning. Like you guys are up. Like just just act like you're winning and not like you're down ten. And and, and maybe maybe this goes out a different way. But the Patriots are just waiting for you to make a mistake. And and we certainly capitalized off a few of them. But I, I remember the pressure that Eli was on during this era, and it just being I don't know if he's good enough. He kind of struggles in these bigger moments. And then, like, a week from this, he ends up having a whole bunch of big moments in the playoffs, and I think we look at him completely differently. But you can hear in the broadcast, there's a lot of doubt in this. There's a lot of question in this. There's a lot of, I don't know about that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, he uh, Collinsworth was just saying, like, he's he's just got to play. Like, he becomes mechanical. He just, he's just got to loosen up and just, just play football. He's going to be way better. Well, my favorite play of the game in of the second half, it's two consecutive plays happen. So it's a little part one, a little part two. Part one is we throw a super deep ball, Tom Brady to Randy Moss. He throws it, and Moss drops it. And there's really no explanation for the drop. It wasn't good defense. It might have been a little underthrown. But, I mean, if Randy Moss, I, I don't remember Randy Moss ever dropping a pass quite like this. And, and, and in a situation where we, we kind of needed it, too. 
And, and it was like, oh, my God, like if we just like lost our superpowers for a second here, here we just we did it. We watched this team kind of struggle all first half. And are we really not going to win the 16 and 0? Like I, I would just imagine if we didn't win this and like our, our mojo, which is off for the rest of the playoffs, like round one, we're just yeah. we're shaking now. Like we hadn't lost all year. We just lost the last game. There's no way we can get a win before we play our next game. And then they run the very next play, the same play, and Moss catches it and scores a touchdown. The whole, did the whole world know that, or did they just start saying, like, oh, my God, Moss dropped one. I, maybe we don't have to double-team him anymore like we have the entire game. I'm not sure who fell asleep on this, how he was able to get open again, or is it just pure dominance that this guy was just – it didn't matter. You just throw it, and he ran, and he was going to get open. Like, are you blaming the I bad think, defense? I think, I, I think it's like when you have Randy Moss, you just you, – you could do stuff like this. Like, he – he, he was crazy. He, he was so good. Like, these are situations where it was just, all right, you, you almost, like, I think, I think the defender got hurt, and that was another thing, and that's a Belichick special of, oh, your guy got hurt, and so a new guy's coming in fresh, yeah, we are attacking him. Very next play. I, I wish Belichick would, would coach like this in some some ways today. Like, does it feel like we were coached a little differently? At least offensively? I don't think so. I think it's just, it's, it, 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 when you have uh you know had McDaniel's that you know, was the first the first era of McDaniel's so him and Brady working together and you have Brady throwing it to Moss it's just it's different when you have Mac throwing to Aguilar like it, it just the players aren't nearly as good so you can't you, you can't call those plays they just don't have the ability but Randy Moss did drop the ball like Aguilar all right he he did I saw it he just caught the touchdown on, on in the next one. play on that one yeah well is there any yeah, other you, you were, you were... He recovered. He recovered real quick. I think I put, uh, yeah, Moss saw, like, well, Moss erases his own problem. Well, it feels like once Moss kind of gets that touchdown that the rest is kind of history where we, we just start running with it. A lot of the problems I, I mentioned earlier with Eli, they kind of don't go away. They start just having bad possessions versus earlier. I just feel like they were having really long drives and just using up the clock and just getting third downs. Like, they were just doing a lot of things well, and suddenly our defense just ticked up and the pressure kicked on. I, I just I kind of watched Eli melt down a whole lot, and it was it was oh, really the, uh, the, the 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 first half. Uh, Moss got hurt. He got hit, and it was like, is, is he going to come back in the game? Is is he done? And then it was a couple plays later, he scored a touchdown. So they, like, oh, all right, good. Randy Moss is okay, and just bounced bounced right back. But when he went down, it was just, uh oh, I, I don't remember this. There was a bunch of hard hits and a bunch of late hits. I mean, there's nothing but tough guys in this game here. You know, Teddy Bruschi. Rod, Rodney Harrison, Junior, Sa- like just Michael Strahan, O.C. Oh, yeah. Manura, Justin Tuck. Like there's there's some heavy yeah, dude, hitters when out I saw, there. When I saw all those pass rushers, it was just like, oh, that's right. Like these guys are all scary. Where it's like, you you, you how many like pass rushers can can you name? You know, there's there's a few elite ones, but when like, these guys are like, oh yeah, that's right. They they just ruined things for Brady in that Super Bowl. They were the only team I ever saw really get consistent pressure on Brady and and stop Brady from being Brady to some degree. And we still had a really good chance of winning those games, too. I'm just saying I, I haven't seen a defense successfully really get to Brady like that. And I, I know these are the only losses we got, but if you want to look at the, the, the Philly loss in the Super Bowl, that's far more of an outscoring thing where if we had just had the ball last, we would have won that. But we also we didn't have a defense qualified to stop them, and they didn't have a defense qualified to stop us. Like That's completely different than the – defensive line here on 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 the Giants that was able to impact this this game both Super Bowls it's just 
it's also funny just seeing this, these names now. Like like Michael Strahan, we, we talk about him like he's this legendary football player, and he, and he is. But I think in today's day, if you were to ask somebody who – Who's Michael Strahan? They would say, "Oh, he's the the, the with Kelly and Kelly Ripa and, and Kelly yeah, the Warden or whatever." He's a TV TV show host, or, or he's on. He does the the the, the halftime with the Fox broadcast. Or he does you know a million other things because he's he's Michael Strahan the the personality now. I don't know if he's Michael Strahan the former football player, and, and, and good for him because he's not the only one. A lot of these guys have managed to capitalize careers well beyond all this. I mean. Randy Moss worked at ESPN. I mean, Brady obviously goes on to play and has this Fox deal coming up. Teddy Bruschi worked at ESPN. Uh, I think he might be out of the Fox deal. Oh, is he? Because he's a. Because I think because of the. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's official, but with the the, the partial ownership with the with the Raiders. Oh, uh, well, there was a Fox deal. I mean, I'm just and now he's an owner. Like yeah, the, the, yeah. the story goes on. Like I. I I, you know, I mean, other other guys too. I mean, Eli does the Manning cast with Peyton on on Monday nights. I mean, a lot of these guys have managed to stay relevant beyond just this. I mean, it, it's it's weird seeing them all right now. I mean, like Mike Vrabel, <laughs> Mike Vrabel's a linebacker for us. I don't even know if he played a whole lot this game, but there's at least a, a an offensive oh, position yeah. where we throw him a pass, and I I don't know if he he doesn't have linebacker written down anywhere on him. But this is this was a bit of Belichick thing. Let's just trust him. I did see him out there on the the onside kick and i actually think he got the ball on the onside yeah, kick. He's, yeah he's yeah he's in the got it and if you haven't caught on to who mike rabel is my mike rabel won coach of the year what a year ago for the tennessee titans <laughs> yeah it was last year or the year before so i mean where they were to where you are i mean i guess successful people just do su- successful things i don't know it's uh it's quite a group though when you put them all together like this is is there anyone that stands out for you or any comments on any of those guys uh, uh, another guy, uh, Asante Samuel. He was playing in that game. Actually, he uh, was number twenty-two when Rabel got the got, got the ball. He was kind of dancing around, and now he has a son that uh, is playing in the NFL. Asante Samuel Jr. Yeah. Well, his dad was definitely a fantastic player. I imagine his son is still a qualified player. I I, I don't know enough about the the day to day of the defenses. I assume he still plays defense, right? He must. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He's a cornerback. Yeah. Well, anything else for this game right now, or or do we just manage to fill a whole hour in the middle of nowhere? Like, did we did we pull this off? Did, th- did this work? Uh, just just the last thing you had mentioned coming into the game, uh, the, the 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 possible record, and then the way it worked out, where on one play, all three of those records were broken, which just <laughs> Collinsworth is trying to list them all off as, as they're happening. It's like when yeah, when is the this three major uh, records been broken on, on one play. Do you think if these records were broken today, there would be a bigger deal made out of them during the game? Like, are we stopping the play of game at all for any of these? Because they kind of they swapped the ball out. I think uh, guys took their jerseys off and got new jerseys, but there wasn't like a. And now the Tom Brady is you know an announcement or anything, or if there was, it didn't really feel like it on the broadcast. But in today's day and age, do you think they stopped the game for anything like this? One, no, because it's just regular season. And two, extra no, because now there's another game. So all these records, I imagine, are going to be broken just because there's a whole extra extra game to be able to break them. I think, weren't these records already broken? I don't think any of these records even existed when Brady, like, I think Brady rebroke some of these, went, or Peyton broke one, I, and then he broke it back, I would, and then yeah, Breeze broke yeah, one. Especially because, yeah, because, you know, the end of the 2000s is where, it started to ramp up with the offense, and then after that, you know, just 
offense has got even even more potent. So yeah, that wouldn't surprise me if these all these records were broken, you know, within ten years. But there was a time, not too long ago, where the Patriots were actually qualified to be a good football team. Oh, yeah. what a time it was! Uh, all right, anything else you want to add to this? Is there is there anything else we should really get to? Is there any other news you want to say before your trip here? I mean, do you want to talk uh, about the trip? No. I can talk about the trip a little bit. I'm going to uh, to Europe uh, first time. Uh, going to be doing a 15 day motorcycle adventure through five countries. So I'm hoping to try some some delicious food, try some some different uh, different different beers, and just kind of just see you know the different cultures. Uh, you know, just I've been talking to a lot of people, and I got I, I have a, a Google Translate with the some of the languages downloaded on my phone. So hopefully, you know, that, that goes relatively smoothly, but yeah, I'm not sure, you know, exactly what to expect, but I think it's going to, it's going to be a good time. Yeah. Just translate the podcast to them. They'll, they'll get a lot more of understanding who you are there. <laughs> yeah. In uh, yeah, 2007, no, some, my fantasy some, team. Yeah. I could do, <laughs> yeah, I could, I could do some, international, uh, some international marketing. Well, we are available internationally. I believe you are we're on the internet. You should be able to get us over there as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe it'll make my goal get at least one person, one person each country. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll get more listeners if we're translated into another language. Would that would that be disappointing? Yeah. No. No, you take it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we we have nothing but international sponsors. We we have nothing that can benefit us in the states, but uh, who does? I'd be down for that. Well. I guess you're out and about, so let the world know and let them know that I probably won't do a solo pod next week. But in the case I do, you're definitely going to tune in because who knows what's going to be? It might not even be out sports, you know? Who knows? You're gonna, you're gonna have to when uh, Jalen Brown gets traded on draft night. Don't, don't. He, there may be a draft night where I just can't shut up and say it, and I, I'm, I'm worried that the, the show I would, I would say so many words I would run out of words to say in the next show. Like it would just, it would be gone. I'd have. All my takes in one. If, you, if like if you weren't here and I was just talking, I would run out of stuff. It would be like a ten minute show. It would be over. <laughs> but hopefully, it doesn't come to that. Well, if not, we'll be back in a couple weeks, and we will be talking about the NBA draft and whatever whatever moves happen for all that. Sounds like it's gonna be a pretty busy one with some some stuff on the table here. So, have a great trip, Zach, and thank you as always to everyone else for listening. And we will be back in a couple weeks. Well, little column A, little column B.